You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API. Now from the Nowcast Network Studios, here's Mike. Hey, welcome to the Audio Nowcast. My name is Mike Rodriguez. And before we get going, let me introduce the guys over here on my right. We've got Bobby Osinski. Hello, Bobby. Good evening, Mike. Good evening, gang. Hey, Bobby. Bobby. Next to him, we've got the one and only Scott Gershon. Oh, thank you, Mike. <laughs> Across the table, we've got Mr. Nick Peck. Hello, Mike. Hello, everybody. Happy New Year to all. He's oh, way Nick, too happy. He's, he's always happy. He's just, always if we stop happy. like this, I don't just know. Just wait till the story up. that I've the New Year's Eve story <laughs> that I've got to tell you guys later. Not so happy at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Next to him, we've got Diego Stucco. Hey Mike. Diego, how are, how are you? I'm doing great. It's good to see you, brother. Great, great, great. And uh, finally, over here on my left, we've got the one and only Iron Man of the Audio Nowcast, Mr. Rob Arbatier. Hello, everyone. And for a change, I am not on Skype. That's right. It's good to see you. But speaking of Skype, also, we have with us all the way from New Zealand. Is that where you are? Way down under. Australia. This is Sydney. Yes, that's it. That's it. The other New Zealand. All the way from... Sydney, Australia. We've got Bobby Summerfield. Hello there. Good evening. Good afternoon, actually. Bobby, it's good to see you, brother. Even if you are you in too. Australia. Actually, I think it's most probably you guys are most probably prefer it when I'm over this end. <laughs> no, <laughs> I can't thump you and throw you things at you. Ah, that's Fart not true, man. Like we oh, we on. miss you. But I'll tell you what. Um, you too, what, what time is it over there? It's eight o'clock over here in the evening. Uh, well, it's three thirty here, so it can't be eight o'clock. It must be about eight thirty there, right? Well, okay, yeah, eight eight thirty. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, 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 we had an earthquake. We just moved a little bit. And miss so now we're between. Yeah, it's eight twenty-seven. <laughs> what time is it over there in Sydney? Uh, it's Wednesday. Three twenty-seven p.m. So a day ahead of you. Wow, he's he, in the future. He's in the future. <laughs> I thought he the future. I thought he would happen. happen. What should we do with our stocks? Sell me the super lotto number from tomorrow. Okay. All right. Well, sell them all. It's good to. <laughs> It's good to have you here with us, Bobby. You notice he does look a little older. Like it's a, true. A day older. Yeah, I mean, not, not that much. But oh. <laughs> today, today. I'm not quite old enough yet. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Thank God for latency. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> <that's true. laughs> but uh, Bobby's over in Australia. He's working on some cool stuff. And later on in the podcast, we're going to talk about um, the portable system that he took over there because he's still working while he's over in, uh, in Australia. So it's pretty cool. So... Uh, you hang in there, Bobby. Don't fall asleep like Rob does, okay? It's <laughs> <laughs> well, 3.30 okay. in the afternoon. He's got to go out and throw another shrimp on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> but guys, we are here. This is our first podcast of the year. We took a little break, and uh, and now we're back. And let me tell you, we're going to start right off the bat with Nam. Of course. Yeah. Nam, Nam, Nam. Nam was, I don't know about you, but... Man, it was a phenomenal show. It was great. It was great. Show. It yeah. was great. There was a great energy. Yeah. I got to work with the uh, API guys. Mm-hmm. And um, right off the bat, I just want to say that I met more listeners than I've ever met at a NAMM show. At least this nine. <laughs> well, I know we have at least nine listeners <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> but it seems like every day I had at least four or five people coming up, and it was really cool. And, man, the listeners are so cool, you know. And they, it was just – I was – it was just, it was humbling, and you know we sit here and we talk and we have a great time, and I forget 
that the podcast goes out into the world, yeah. you know, and people listen. And uh, I just think they're all superheroes for putting up with uh, <laughs> the podcast. With but it's really great. There's a there's a couple of them that we'll uh, we'll talk about um, because really one of them that Bobby Osinski introduced me to um, really had some really great technology. But before we talk about all that, let's let's uh, let's open it up. Kind of, um, do you guys see anything cool at the Nam Show that you want to talk about? Let's yep. start with you, Bobby. Yes. Uh, I saw something that I don't think many other people did because it was kind of behind the scenes. Trident had this, this is Trident, the console company, had this little 500 module they called a high-low. And it was a high and low-pass filter. Okay, so everybody makes a high and low-pass filter, but this had crossover, that had uh, frequency points that crossed over. But it did even one other cooler thing. It had tracking on it. Like an envelope uh, genera- yes. follower? Yes, right. Oh. It dynamically tracked the signal as well. Like the mutator. Don't know how it does it because usually there's a lot of... When when you get something that does that, usually there's a lot of parameters, software parameters, and right. this only had a button that said track, and that was it. So uh, it wasn't working, but it looked like it was pretty cool. So that's the, just, the coolest thing. it's hardware, right? It's, it's hardware. Yeah. It's a 500 so, rack mm. module. So, so where would you use that? Where would you use, what would be a, a, to use that tracking? What would be an application? I don't know. I haven't thought about it. But oh, prob- I can think of one. No, I can think of one and, right and, off the bat. What? Yeah. what? Um, I would use it as a high-pass filter for male vocals. Okay. So you could go along and you could, uh, you know, if somebody is talking with a really deep voice, right. it would drop down and you'd be able to pick all the rest of that stuff up. But then when they're talking back here or they're singing or when there's no noise or anything or there's no dialogue, it would pop back up and it would get out all the little rumble and stuff. Yeah, right. You know what? That would be cool. That if it's an envelope follow, it would be nice for reverb. Yeah. No, that's true too. So huh? this way the reverb die, it just really contails yeah. oh, the sound a lot a more. Good, I'd be curious yeah, to hear what that sounds like. Yeah. Is that If it's smooth... It's I've got a mutator. That's what I was using before was controlling reverbs. <coughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, actually, That sounds great. Uh, that was Trident. Trident. That's it's been cool. released as a software, the mutator. Yeah, for soft tubes. By soft, yeah. Um, yeah. Scott, anything anything that you saw over that you want to talk about? Yeah, um, one of them is over Synaptic. Uh, there was an old program called Morph um, that used to only be an AU plugin, and now uh, Synaptic took it, modified it, updated it, and now you've got some form of morphing, and it's in stereo, not mono. Uh, so it's pretty cool. I mean, you can do some really interesting things with it. Um, and then, obviously, Spectrasonics. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, I, you know, I was pretty impressed with that because now it's not just about picking sounds, but now I can start using it as a design tool. I can start inserting sounds and manipulating it. And uh, while I only know the, the, the little bit of it, I look forward to uh, understanding the depths in which... Uh, it can work on the sphere too. Yeah, on the sphere too. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that, Diego. Why yeah, you talk I mean, to finally, you know, a lot of people were, were wondering why Spectrosonic so silent. Well, because maybe there, there's a lot of people working and they gotta do something crazy. And so, Omnisphere two was announced. And uh, yes, there's an audio uh, import now, so you can drop a sample. That is cool. Yeah, that and, is really and, cool. And there's a new granular uh, synthesis. Um, now where you can do you know much more and also there's a crazy a wild mode actually that allows you to completely mess up the sample into whatever you want uh, I mean I like Eric's sample where 
He just took a yeah, song. Yeah, like a jazz, put jazz, it, piece, jazz yeah. piece. put it on. Oh, yeah. And it had all this great upper harmonics. It didn't yeah. sound like anything yeah. like it. Yeah. That was phenomenal. Well, one of the, yeah. uh, on my, you know, my end, the introduction of the custom-built orchestra in it. So I finally sampled the Xperia bass and many other instruments. Because I, when I play them, I damage them each time because I'm, I don't go easy. Because you're a wild man. I, I got to get sounds out of it. So right. I thought it was a good idea to finally get it in sample form. But besides the sounds, uh, uh, I think one of the big things was uh, the new browser. Right. Because now you got more than 10,000 sounds. Yeah. So <laughs> you got a gigantic problem in finding sounds. <coughs> but the new browser solves that problem because there are uh, three new things. One, new tagging. Meaning that if you're looking for a guitar now, it shows guitars. <laughs> Second, the sound match, uh, you find a patch that you like, you say, find me more patches like that. And the third is a sound lock where you can lock attributes of each patch. For example, you like just the arpeggiator, the filter, and the effects. You lock them, and each patch you select will have those effect, those portions locked. Yes, that. But you is know what? That, uh, that is so awesome. Yeah, but you know that, yeah. what that means? And basically, I was telling people when they were there. That is basically creative browsing. Right. Because every time you you select a new patch, you create a new patch yeah. for yourself. That means right. ten to the ten, ten thousand exactly. to the ten thousand. So, Spectrosonics can make even more money by selling it to Avid. <laughs> they need a browser. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna. Even, okay. Well, are they gonna put us on the subscription <laughs> mode? Oh, I'm out of this conversation. That's All great. Right. But uh, it was exciting. It was. We were very excited. Eric did. Uh, you know, some very cool demos and. That's awesome. It was great to be there. There was a great energy overall. You know. It looks phenomenal. I mean, yeah, it looks really thanks, good. Yeah. And um, we'll just see how long it takes to um, load up all those samples. But. Actually, that's another big thing. <laughs> that's another big thing. It's uh, immediate loading now because. Uh, I forgot the, the actual name of, but there's a new system in place right. that allows you to load patches <laughs> no. much, much faster. No, they they switched all the no, samples no. to 8 bit no. 4 kilohertz. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, talking about, I'm talking about the install because. Uh, no, well, okay, okay. Well, listen, I. Okay. I it's just not, But it's, it's not going to be that no, no. bad. You anyway. know what? It's worth, it's worth the wait. I don't well, care how long it is. You start installing it and then your kids can use it someday. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, say something. Say something here. Uh, yeah, I would say maybe your grandkids. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm getting stabbed in the back left and right here. It's good Good things you have to wait for. And you know what? I would. That's fine. You when does it come out? April 30th. Is it, a, is it a, a paid update to Omnisphere 1? Yes, or is it a whole well, new but you program? know, look at this thing. It's an upgrade. For, yeah. for, it's an upgrade. Uh, for years, you know, people were able to get updates for free. Okay. You know, that included patches and stuff. Now, this is a major update. It's no, a major it's, expansion of the capabilities you know, and everything. It, it's, you know? it's totally fine. And, yeah. and I'm okay. You know, you, you got to pay. You know, you got to pay. If you want, these guys got to make yeah, money. I mean, they got to pay. You pay for quality. So I'm okay yeah, with it. But in general, you know, Spectrosonic's always been very generous with right. the way they, you know, distribute the things, you know. so Absolutely. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. And, and I'm going to. We're going to talk about Camel Audio later on. Oh, okay. And so, um, exactly. Well, but, I don't uh, know them personally. But, um, but, but we'll talk yeah. about it. Right. We'll talk about it later on the podcast. But yeah. anything aside from that, did you see anything you want to talk about? One um, thing? I was uh, um, looking around. I saw something that you know triggered my curiosity. It was like a, um, a suspended, a shock, shock mount uh, mic stand for a kick drum. And when I saw that thing, I thought, I don't know, man. Maybe I can put it inside something else, like a big instrument, because I'm 
building stuff right now. Right. And, That's uh, been around for years, though. They, they, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, they told me that it wasn't new, but yeah. it was the first time I saw it because I was walking uh, on Sunday with uh, a friend of mine that is a drummer. So we went down there. Oh, yes, and I went down to the OE. There was a... <laughs> A beautiful table made as like a set, you know, like a jacket. Mm-hmm. That was beautiful. And also some uh, very cool pedals from Caroline Bread. Yeah. Uh, it's a company based in Oregon. They do these things where the signal is processed based on the dynamic. Wow. Yeah, so it's not just the same sound. It's not distortion on all the time. Right. It can be a little fuzz at the beginning and super. So it's interesting. That's cool. Yeah, and I told them that I want to use that stuff with uh, synths. So that's totally cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rob, what about you? Did you uh, see anything interesting besides the Schmidt? <laughs> <laughs> the Schmidt continues to be very cool and very expensive. Um, I'd have to say the the thing that I noticed at this show there were a lot of new synths and not just software synths, but right. actual hardware. And probably right. the one I got the most excited about was the uh, the fact that Dave Smith got back the sequential circuits yeah. name right. yeah. from Yamaha, which is cool. And to celebrate, came out with the Prophet Six, which is an awesome and, new sense. That is phenomenal. And let me just tell you, what's I, Rob took me over to uh, meet some of the people from yeah. uh, from Dave Smith, from Dave mm-hmm. Smith, um, Andrew, Andrew McGowan, and Joanne McGowan. See, I let you say it, so I didn't. You would have screwed it up. I know I would have. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, really great people. But what's so what was so surreal is uh, Andrew was talking about how he listens to the podcast when mm. he was working on. On the Prophet Six and everything, and what's what's crazy is it was like a complete circle because the six track sequential circuit six track was the first synth that I ever got my hand on, and it was multi timbral and it was it was it was kind of responsible for me getting into music, and I was in the electronic music club at that time. I know it sounds really geeky, especially at that time. <laughs> but it was so it was just it was such a surreal moment because it's like you know here they're listening to a podcast. I mean, back then in the day when I was messing around with the six track and the and the emu modular, not even a mood mm, modular. Man. You know, it was it was just I was walking away from that. I'm just thinking, well, how surreal is that? Whole speaking thing? of which, the moog modulars yes. that they yes. came yes. back. Yeah. yeah, but did you see the price though? Huge. Hi. <laughs> ten, ten grand for the Model 15, which is the lowest. It went up to 55 grand for the, the 55. Model 55. 55 for the 55. 55. The but did you see the uh, Keith Emerson version, Keith Emerson mm-hmm. model? 150 grand. Wow. wow. Does it come See, with the knives? But you know, <laughs> it should come but with you know Keith Emerson for yeah. that. But actually. let me just tell you, that's pretty much the consistent pricing from how it was but, back in the day. Those what, were not what, cheap. What's different about that version? Back in the day. What's different about the regular what, 35 and the Keith Emerson? More. More. Of it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> more better. More stuff. Wow. Yeah. Um, but did you. Uh, well, so, anything else? Well, yeah. I mean, so uh, the Prophet 6 was right. among my favorite of the hardware since, but. A lot of the software, I mean, the Spectrosonic stuff was cool, obviously. Uh, Rob Poppin had some new stuff, and he's just amazing. He's one of my synth programmer heroes. He's Ooh, just yeah. Rob Poppin or Papin, P-A-P-E-N. I think it's Poppin, though. Yeah. Uh, his booth was right next to Waves. He just he has some of the most usable synths yeah. out there, and especially for a lot of software? the pop stuff I'm doing. Software synths, He yeah. used to program the virus. Oh, oh really? Yeah. He created oh, okay. his own soft synths just that a have brilliant that kind guy. of... Uh, He's a predator, which I've yes, used. Yes, that's right. yes. Blue yes. And, yeah, just great usable sounds. I, I agree with you. So his stuff was great. Uh, Arturia's new stuff is amazing. Oh, right. Uh, 
Artori is awesome. I mean, there were a lot. Uh, and I, I did the show like I usually do. I was walking around with Stevie uh, Friday and Saturday for parts of those days. And there was a Moses moment, you know? Yes, yeah. yes. The yes. waters were parted. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, it was the typical zoo around yeah. him. Actually, the coolest thing with him is the guys from Dirty Loops were playing at uh, the Korg booth. And I know Bobby's a fan of Dirty Loops because he turned me on to them. Well, so the Dirty Loops guys wanted to meet Stevie, and Stevie wanted to meet the Dirty Loops guys. So we <laughs> went over to Korg, and they met. And I got to say, the Dirty Loops guys were losing their minds <laughs> uh, to meet Stevie. But we got a lot of great pictures of everybody. Uh, and that was a magical moment because like, the singer from Dirty Loops is the closest thing you know, to that kind of Stevie vocal who's oh. out there right now, and he's just astounding. But Amazing voice. He's an amazing singer. Am- amazing like singer. <laughs> well, and as you can amazing. imagine, he was nearly in tears meeting Wonder because, you know, he's obviously a, a yeah, hero of, of his. But So my favorite moment at the show was probably meeting the Dirty Loops guys, but uh, there was a ton of new gear, uh, including a lot of non-visual stuff for Stevie. So it felt like a pretty, pretty uh, good show for us. Uh, cork? You know, release the yeah, uh, art, the art reissues, which yeah. oh, it's a nice instrument. Yeah, the problem yeah. is they're modeling the Odyssey, which we never really liked. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, yeah I, right. Odyssey <laughs> was like twenty six hundred. I actually yeah, the like 2600 it it's would. because you know it's uh, the Moog is about r- the, the the definition of analog sound. But the Odyssey is the bizarre, bizarre land. Yeah. Like the, the filter yeah. goes... Yeah. Yeah. It just never... It's a matter of taste. I like the Odyssey. Yeah. I like the octave, the cat, you know, which is basically uh, similar. Anyway, our, our problem is, taste. in real life, we never used to use the Odyssey. So now to have a model of it... It's like, well, <laughs> not gonna use it The 2600 we used a ton. Yeah, 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 yeah of course. Well, you know, back in the day, you had like you had the sequential stuff, which had yes. its own sound. You had the Moog stuff, which had its own sound. You know, and and the the ARP was kind of you I know, know floating around. But I I actually saw one of the ARP audiences many many years ago when I was probably thirteen, and I liked it. So I yeah. got a, that I kind owned of, one. All right, there you go. Did, Did you? you? Me too. And how was I still it? Got SH, I got SH one hundred one, which is kind of similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. in its way. Well, cheap version. Did the oscillator stay in tune? That's all you got to ask. <laughs> yeah, but see, in my case, it doesn't matter. I don't use it. Yeah. I'm using it to do whatever. I know. Crazy, you know. I know. And let's hear what that end of the table. Yeah, and of now. what if I, I, you know, it's, yeah. Did you go to Nam? Of course I did. And I finally tonight get to talk about what I haven't been able to talk about for months, but I've been hinting at it, and now I get to actually talk about it, which I'm very excited about. Um, you guys all know uh, that I'm a big radar fan. Right. I've been using the radar for a long time. Well, right. Finally, at NAM, they debuted the Radar Studio. And nice. The radar Studio is not just a radar where you can go and do all the editing and the tracking the way that you could do previously. Now it comes with an internal Windows 8.1 partition, and the result of that is you can now run Pro Tools and Reaper and Cubase and Harrison Mixbus and anything else you want directly on the radar. So you have an all-in-one purpose box that's got you know the best A to D and D to A out there, all built in, no worries about clocking, no worries about cabling going from one thing to the other. Um, it's all connected, it's all together, and you know, you can get one uh, getting out the door with a single eight-channel A to D and D to A for about five thousand bucks, which wow. is less money than you would pay 
for a computer and the I.O. and stuff. Um, and yeah, you get I've it. heard other people talking about this. They, it, is, it is so awesome, and I was really happy because Barry Henderson, the president, asked me to be uh, an exhibitor artist at the show. So I was there, you know, pimping the thing all day Thursday and Friday, and then we went out. Um, that I can night. attest that. How, how uh, yeah. I realized you just went from artist to pimp in one second. <laughs> yes, well, you know how that all goes. Well, how when, does he that pimp, when he pimps, he's an artist. <laughs> uh, only I, in this business. Do those exist so yes. true. Yes. And uh, how did I not see is, you? Is, is, I was because I was busy in the radar booth the whole time. What? What? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Does the radar run on Windows? Yes, it does. So Radar now has a back and forth. It boots back and forth in 10 seconds between the Radar software, which runs on a proprietary operating system, and Windows, an OEM'd, completely tuned version of Windows 8.1 that's designed specifically for doing audio production. So wow. don't muck it up by going up on the Internet and downloading a bunch of malware and stuff, mm. and you'll have a super clean, you know, extremely low-crash you know, version of Windows that you can run basically every dog except for Logic because it only runs on the, you know on the Mac. Wow, so that's awesome! It's awesome. It is less expensive than the previous radars. It comes with Harrison Mix Bus built right in, as well wow. as everything else. So you can now use it as an all-in-one appliance for mixing and all that kind of thing. It's awesome. That is cool, and it makes a hell of an espresso. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, um, how about you, Mike? What? Okay, I saw a couple. I didn't see as much as I normally see because I was at the API booth, which was. Which is awesome. Awesome, it was fun. of course. I, I got. I put together that uh, that Mondo rack, and it was Man, that, that was right, really fun. Just stupid. <laughs> <laughs> just like all right. It was. You know what? I had that at my house for a week, and I was remixing stuff because it was just. It was just just the power to have that much power in such a little rack was just unbelievable, and it was fun. But anyhow, but I did get to see a couple things. Um, the Prophet Six was really cool. I saw just a little a little bit of that, just a smidge. Um, although we had a great picture from the Dave Smith booth with the all the synths. Oh, that was great. <laughs> After the show ended on Sunday, <laughs> they were just packing up their booth and they put all of the synths from the booth on the floor oh. in a in a grid. And it just looked awesome. It looked so like, we, we're taking pictures nice. of that. It's like, it looks so cool. It's like analog carpet. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly right. You know, I might, I'll post it on the uh, on the Facebook. And it was like a what, like a fifteen square foot? Oh know, yeah, fifteen by fifteen space. Well, they took they took all their scents off and they just put it on the floor while they yeah. were packing up the stands. Did and you stuff. see the little modular thing they had with their? Uh, they have the Euro rack modules from. Um, you know, at Dave Smith's, Dave Smith. No, no. Okay, at the at the end, uh, actually, at the at the beginning, at the desk, at the front desk. It wasn't really the front desk. They had yeah. this tiny little enclosed box, wooden box, with eight, six slots, and there were two filters and two of the other things. It looks wow. so nice because that is actually with a power supply and everything. Yeah. So it looks like a mini modular. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that is really that. cool. I think I took a picture. I'm going to show cool. you. I got to take a look at that. Really nice. So that was nice. But I'll tell you, one one, one thing that was kind of eye-opening was uh, actually Bobby brought me over. And I got to give a shout-out to uh, Larry Smith. See, I can't mess up that name, Larry Smith. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, you probably are. <laughs> from Wildworld. And uh, and made me a believer. Uh, they Okay, I'm really skeptical about... When people talk about wires and AC cables and things of that nature, and you know, I mean, obviously, you know, if you get a good wire and a good amp, it's going to sound good. You know, you got to have the proper gauge. But then when you start talking about, you know, Sonics and you're you're using small little wires and they look about the same. But they had this demo, and 
they set up with Sennheiser headphones running out of, of a Pono player. Um, same headphones. The only difference was the cable that went from the player to the headphones. And you listen to the original. And then you listen to the one that has their – they're just their mini wire on it. And you go back to the original and I'll be damned. They sound – it. It makes a difference. They whatever I don't know what voodoo they do on their cables, but their cables are awesome. I mean, they really it, it's the Sennheiser headphones sound good. They didn't sound bad. It's just when you when it was connected with their cable, sounded better. It was it was louder for one thing. You got more signal, um, but. And they said that you know the difference would be perceived as a more signal, but you could also there was a clarity about it, right? It was clear. You could hear like on the hi hat, especially you heard a little more snap, and then on the back side of the hi hat, you know the decay of the hi hat. You know, usually those kind of harmonics just get lost. Those are the kind of things that just you know with MP3s and things like that. Those you lose those. But man, this cable just totally. Brought that kind of and stuff this is out. This cable that we can buy, and it was yeah. And they have well, guitar cables, and they uh, the only one I heard was a little the little what's mini the name cable. Again? Wire World. Wire World. Uh, Wire they World. also have Wire World Pro. Okay. And uh, right at that, I, I, I w- is doing it. <laughs> what I did was um, I put something on my blog months and months ago about oh, okay. how I thought you know there there was some sort of hi fi wire that was three thousand dollars a foot or something like that, and hmm. you know I just posted about what bullshit this is right and larry smith from wild world got back to me he says look there's really a difference and let me explain it to you so i had him on my podcast on my podcast and he convinced me at least to try it so he sent me a care package of guitar cables of xlrs of uh, power cables even ac cables and i'll be damned if he wasn't right so the first thing I did is I replaced the cables between my monitor system and the powered monitors that I have. And everything, sure enough, opened up. It, you could hear through. You could hear things that you couldn't hear before. It sounded better. And then I was foolish enough to actually take the IEC AC cables out of my powered monitors and put their IEC or put their version of power cables in, thinking this is crazy, nothing's right. going to happen, right. and all of a sudden the bass tightened up. Oh, come on. Are you kidding me? Thanks to God. I, just the regular power yeah. cable that you plug yeah, in. power cable. And I'll tell you what, I've since, I've, I went over to my friends at Warner Brothers, do all Warner Post for television, and I turned them on to this, and especially the power cables. And we've gone back time after time after time going with these power cables and every single time it's not only noticeable i mean it's not one of those things where it's subtle it's one of those things where you go oh my god right now and and i'm not going to explain the theory behind well basically what it is is ac there's lots of hash that's happening there's lots of stuff besides your basic 60 cycles that are coming out and what they do is they find a way to clean it up and as a result, it cleans up everything, you know, down the signal chain. Oh. And uh, it really makes a difference. But, you know, all their cable, and it's expensive cable, it's not cheap. So, uh, you know, the, the guitar cable, I'll give you something on a guitar cable. This, this is equally as crazy. So I got one of these guitar cables, it's $200 or something. Wow. And I, 
and silver, you know, silver conductors. Yeah, the, the ends are gorgeous. They made their own ends yeah. because they looked and said the, the regular ends that, you know, people are using, they're not good. They're, they're old and there's a better way to do this. So anyway, I plug the, the guitar into the amplifier. I take the end and I hit it and it buzzes, right? And I swear to God, the buzz sounded better. <laughs> better buzz. And, 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 so and, we're all looking for is a better buzz. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And, and the, the reason why is all of a sudden there's high end that you just didn't have before. Right. Wow. You know? So you plug a bass or a synth or something, and all of a sudden it just opens up. It's bigger. Right. All right. So I, a, are, are we going to go down this road right now? Are we going to talk about this a little bit? Uh, I'm sure if you want to talk okay. a little bit. Yeah. All right. So i got to ask a couple of questions here. Yeah. So, so I, the first question is, did he say that the difference is in the impedance of the cable? Because that's the only thing that I can think about. Well, it's also what the cables are made cables. from. Because I know when Hi-Fi, I think Rob turned me on to it, um, different cable manufacturers – and I actually got silver cable for my hi-fi system at home. Right. And yeah, you you. It, but it, is it, this okay? But well, here, let me, audio I'll, tell you what, I'll tell you right off the bat. They had a uh, they had a display, and they they showed um, on their display basically what the normal cable is and what their version of it is, and and a lot of it is getting rid of a lot of the noise, you know, that's like a, a lot of the shielding. And okay. that, that kind of helps it out. And I'll tell you... It's where the placement of the cables within... of the conductors within right. the cable. Within the, okay. Yeah, I mean, they do their own thing. And and I'll tell you, just on that little headphone connection, I heard it, and I'm... And I am like you, and believe me, I am, you know... I, I didn't believe it. I was as far away of believing from that yeah. stuff, but... Uh, it, well, I, I actually, and I'm a complete non-believer in basically everything... But when it came to those kinds of cables, I had a guy demonstrate to me that the power cables on my speakers would make a difference. And I was completely prepared to say he was... Most important ones, they are. Yeah, and they really, really made a difference. And I remember the price was ridiculous. The ones I looked at, I remember they were like $1,000 for a six-foot cable. Oh, yeah. That's so I didn't, I didn't end up buying them. These aren't that expensive. But these are somewhere in the middle. But yeah. cables get that crazy. But it definitely... I can't explain why, but it definitely makes a difference even to a cynic. And you know what? If you have a microphone that costs 3500 bucks, right? I mean, yeah. spending, you know, Why not spend $300 bucks, or $300 bucks yeah, yeah, right. on, a good, on a good cable? And, and if good, you can well, hear the difference. Sure. Right? Okay, okay, all right. All right. I, I, will, I, will, I won't go all the way down this road, but I will say a couple of things. As far as power goes, um, if you're trying to get rid of hash off of a power line, do they have RF chokes on the ends of it? I mean, this has got to be science. This isn't magic. Yeah, right? I, I mean, there has it, to be a reason why it, it is cleaning up oh, some of that. Is, no, I think it's why, magic. How? Yeah, <laughs> um, I, you know, I'm not going to try to attempt it uh, to explain this. Yes, it, it's a combination of changing the resonant frequency, changing the impedance, blah blah blah. Uh, as far as I know, I, I'm not qualified to say. All I can say is. I'm a believer now. I'll tell you, and, and I'll tell you what, I, I will make sure that you get some cables that you can try. For. I will absolutely I mean, try. Yeah, I will no, double I'll, blind the daylight. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm so very curious, curious now. Larry, Larry, yeah, Larry, yeah, Larry, I'll do my best. Larry said he was going to send yeah. out a, a Larry care listens package. to the show. Yeah, he does. Okay. He's a big yeah. fan. Okay, Larry, Larry, I Larry, want to believe. Yes, Larry, 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 Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, one thing to remember when you're talking about these cables, obviously they have a very clever way of winding cables to get certain 
rejections going on, but talking specifically of power cables. Remember, everything we hear with audio, analog audio, everything we hear is analog audio. The amplifier will generally be a, an amplifier that drives a set of headphones or speakers that's analog. Everything is derived from the root, which is electricity. Yep. Unless you run your stuff off of battery, you've got AC power and you've got a lot of variances in that the supply of AC power, which causes power supplies in your equipment to have to work harder. The harder they work, the more distortion and more discrepancies are in the sound. Well, so well, That's what he did. He started first with the best power and it wound up being batteries. So he went, he said, why does it sound so much better if I'm supplying the circuitry right from batteries? How do I get the closest to that sound? And I have a question. So, exactly. Uh, if I'm running every power source from those filters, you know, mm. am I already improving it? Because you know, I, I have every, I don't have anything plugged directly into the wall. Well, they all go through the filters. Something I just heard that was interesting, we, and again, we're talking about clock cables. How a big difference, you know, good a clock cable can make. And um, Dave Pensado was telling me okay. yesterday that when he goes through a filter, all of a sudden his atomic clock gets worse. It gets flaky. Oh. That's so, then, Well, we didn't know, but he said I, he can definitely hear it. It doesn't, doesn't work as well. Hmm. And he plugs it directly into the wall and it worked better. That's it interesting. But the wall... Say, you know what? Say, I, I wonder know. if they're stripping out so much that they're stripping right. out some... Huge low-pass Exactly. Some sub-carrier or something that, that they need. Yeah. Well, anyhow, we'll... Um, we're going to do some tests. This is a we'll, big deal. We'll, get yeah, to, yeah. we'll talk with Larry. But all of that, that was, for me, at the NAMM yeah. show, yeah, yeah, yeah. that was really eye-opening. Go ahead. Uh, you know, there's something else that I saw that might be significant. And if you look at it just, you know, for what it's worth, you might think it's, it's nothing. But I think it's something significant. Uh, Roland had a little amplifier they called the Blues Cube. Okay, so it's a little 1 by 12, 60 watts. No big deal. Well, you turn the thing around, and it had what looked to be a tube. It looked like it was a 12AX7. No, it was not. It was firmware that they made glow. But it looked like a tube, and then it had pins and everything. <laughs> oh, and with that, you can get Don Felder's sound. You can get Eric Johnson's sound. You can get everybody's sound. Now, oh, he, you actually swap them out? You swap them out. <laughs> so cool. like two but now, just think about this. This is a way of getting people to spend premium money for software. Mm. That's you know what, that's, and they can't copy it. Yeah, that's right. That, you know, you might as well it just might as well be a dongle. I mean, that's exactly yeah. Well, what it is. really, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, the that's, that's what it, that's what it is. That's interesting. And you, oh. I wonder if it's actually. A don- if the sounds are actually in there and you're just unlocking them. Well, the thing about it is, though, the thing would glow and everything. It looked like a tube. <laughs> it looked like so a funny cool. one because, uh, you know, the insides were different. Right. Yeah. That's uh, interesting. Yeah. That's and really you could touch it while it was glowing and you wouldn't burn your finger. Right. I'm going to wrap this up really quick on this whole nap segment before I take a break. But one thing that I did notice and when I walked around um, is I noticed there's a push for instruments, for people to play things, yeah. you know, with all the new synths that were coming up and with, with real instruments and, and the software. Mm, people are musicians? You didn't, you didn't see as much software as there have been in years past. They mm-hmm. still had software, but you didn't see a ton of new synths and you didn't see all yeah. the, the buzz of the software. It seemed like, you know, synths. And for all and, price ranges. Yeah. yeah. And, and I thought, and I thought that was 
really, really mm-hmm. interesting because it seems like everything goes in a cycle. And, and right now, you know, we got all the VSTs and everybody was hyped about that and software and the whole thing. And, and you're wondering if maybe somewhere down the road, people are thinking, you know, I want to own stuff. I want something tangible. Yeah, I just I don't mean, the, want the to. The teen- teenage engineering, the $59. Yeah, that was. The operators. I've seen a proper demo by the guy. I was impressed. Yeah. What, what, what was it's it? basically, a, a, it looks like a toy. It looks like a calculator, like which a calculator. actually works as a calculator. Oh, I saw it. Yes, yeah. right, right, right. There's yeah. a bass drum, a drum machine, and a lead. Or, yeah. And they sound pretty good. I mean, they made the sounds for it. But it's pretty cool, the, the kind of things that you can do. They do. They sync together, and it's $59 each. Yeah, it's, it's a real piece of hardware. And it sounds better than, like, circuit bend stuff. It oh, sounds yeah, like yeah. real real sounds. Yeah, you can do some filter sweeps and stuff. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, we're going to take a... Oh, wait. Oh. I would just say one thing I was surprised that I didn't see at all in any form was any sort of computer support. In other words, we have Thunderbolt. We have trash cans that are coming out. I didn't see any card solutions any Thunderbolt solutions? Sonnet had, uh, and had something. Did they? Yeah, yeah, they did. They had, um, I forgot what they call it, but it was basically a, a trash can dock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, you docked the sucker and then it had all sorts of I.O., but it was also rack mountable. Mm-hmm. But you would think with drives yeah. and everything, that would be a, f- a huge uh, 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 a problem to solve right now yeah. that everybody's now going to trash can going, how do I set it yeah, up? No, the sign had something that was very cool. Universal yeah. Audio has the Apollo that is uh, No, no, I'm not talking about the I.O. I'm talking about the computer the itself. Yeah. How do you rack mount a trash can? By buying oh, a radar studio yeah. instead. No, you just leave it on the floor. I hope someone yeah. doesn't throw yeah, something yeah. in it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to take a break, but you're right. I didn't see a lot of that. I'll tell you really quick before we do take the break, though. I saw AVB. That's like kind of... Yeah kind of taken over. That's coming. And yeah, yeah. That's, that's the next thing that everybody needs yeah. to be familiar with. Dante but, now Dante, supports exactly. ABB in yeah. its next yeah. version. It's, it's, it's going to be big. It's yeah. going to be huge. But um, we're going to take a break and then when we come back um, we're going to talk uh, we're going to talk about Avid. <laughs> I'm we, so glad. Because we cannot not talk about that. We're going to talk to Bobby about uh, his portable setup and uh, we'll talk about um what he's doing out there, and uh, a couple other things if we get time. Um, one of the things I want to talk to you about is uh, the whole Tom Petty um, thing right now that happened with uh, that song from... Oh, yeah, uh, uh, Sam Smith. Sam Smith, that's yeah. right, from Sam Smith. Um, so uh, we'll see you on the other side. You're listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and Westwave Audio. Have a question for the panel? Would you like to be a guest on the Audio Nowcast and live in the L.A. area? Email us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back to the Audio Nowcast. And before the break, we were talking about NAM and uh, all the stuff that we saw, all the stuff we didn't see. And uh, the one thing we didn't talk about is we're going to talk about right now, um, because I knew we, we didn't have enough time, is uh, we're going to talk about Avid and we're going to talk about Pro Tools. <laughs> Are um, we going to talk about it all at once or in installments? <laughs> <laughs> you have to subscribe <laughs> to the Audio <laughs> Nowcast oh to get the rest on. of it. Wait, Bobby, what were you going to say? I said, you have to pay more before we can carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Well, as you can well, tell, this is all inside, so we should tell about this. Story. Let's tell the story. Tell, tell the listeners. Uh, well, Nick, why don't you talk about it? Uh, okay. Well, I will. I will tell you what I what I can. Basically, Avid is switching over. 
with Pro Tools 12, which is going to be coming out sometime soon, um, to uh, either a subscription-based plan. They are now coming out with three pricing models to allow you to be able to continue owning Pro Tools. You can either subscribe to it on a monthly basis, and if you stop paying your subscription, then my understanding is that Pro Tools will stop working on your computer at that point. Right. Uh, you can buy into their upgrade plan in which um, you pay more than that, and the result of that is that you have all of the updates to the Pro Tools software for a year, whatever the length of time is that you're having it. Right. Um, at that point, if you stop paying for it, you will continue... Be- you will be frozen at that version of Pro Tools and you'll be able to continue on from there. Or you can do the, I'm actually going to purchase this software plan, which is the most expensive update of all. And if you do that, then you actually own the software as near as I can make it out from the Avid site. You can never own the software. Because it's always a license. It's a license, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can pretend like you're owning software, (laughs) but you don't ever own software. I mean, the the main difference here, and we'll get into, you know, sort of the rapacious scoundrel aspect of this whole thing, in a minute but the main thing their main argument as to why they're doing this is because they're switching over to an agile software development model in which they are pushing out more uh, updates more frequently so that as new features come along that they decide to be able to add they can add them and get them in there without having to uh, excuse me oh bobby's got something to say here so they can no, add, okay. they can add stuff they can add things a little feature at a time rather than having to wait for you know a dot upgrade in which they're adding a whole bunch of stuff at once well there's more to it than that though because yeah. they're they're saying that uh, since it's cloud-based, it's easy to collaborate. You can collaborate, right. and, which I never bought into that personally. Uh, I can see where it can work in, in some cases. And Scott, we just talked about that. But, uh, you know, there there's a great chunk of the market that could care less about, you know, the online collaboration. Exactly. But, but you know, I'm going to let me counter this for a second because there's a couple things that I know the president of Avid came to our company and, and, and talked to us about what they're, what they're looking at. And a couple of things that we're very interested that, to be honest, Pro Tools 12 does provide us. First of all, um, yes, I'm dealing with clients that are sometimes overseas or in other places. I've got to update stuff, and, and it is. I mean, I got crews of 12 people. So if I want to be an editor and I want to update a dubbing stage, all I do is send it there, and I can have somebody in Burbank, we could be mixing in Culver City, and we can start updating the systems on the mix stage in real time, number one. Number two, there's a lot of mixers that come and go out of our facility, and everybody's got their favorite plugin. Well, what this means is I got to buy the fracking plugin for everybody on my crew, so we're compatible with the mix. But within the new system, I can rent it. I could say I want one month to have this set of plugins, or one day, or one week, and I can rent the plugins just for that period of time. And I really like that concept. The other thing I can do, is, and that is the concept of seats. Let's say I want RX4. I have 200 editors. I don't want to buy 200 copies of RX4. I'm going to buy 50 copies because I'm going to make a bet that only 50 people a day will use it. But I can't tell you which 50 people. So now out of 200 people, there are 50 people that can log on and use RX4. All of a sudden for my business and post-production, I believe these are huge tools. And for us to be able to talk amongst the Avid, going back and forth. Now, before, it was Dropbox. But now, since we've got a cloud, and we can do video Skype with it, I mean, we can put all this stuff together, but now there's a certain amount of integration in post 
that I believe, you know, post-production... So you're for this, then? You I think, am. You think because right now, there hasn't been an upgrade in 9, 10, and right. 11 in post-production that's worth a shit. I mean, other than we get 32-bit, yeah, and it sounds a little bit better, but otherwise, nothing has happened. Well, if they keep... Now I've got an integration tool. I mean, I have... I agree all that stuff is cool. I have issues with the fact that there's not a lot of new stuff for... All the other market sectors. Sure. I mean, for you, it's going to be great. But the other thing is you have to realize all of these different pricing models, like that multi-seed thing you just described, that's the way Windows servers were always licensed in the past. You could always do it per seat or, you know, there were different ways uh, to do it. And the monthly thing is very much like what Adobe and some other companies are doing. They're basically taking ideas that have been proven to work from all sorts of different industries and applying them. The part that they're missing is the creative spark that the tool needs to continue to have. I mean, right. you can't... Your biggest feature in a release to a musician or someone who doesn't need the stuff that Scott needs, the biggest feature can't be a new pricing model. No, We I need sure. to feel I some think, excitement I think I think you're correct. Look, I... I Listen, I've railed on Avid for a lot of things, and and I saw that they were coming down with this just by the what they were doing, you know, months ago, and uh, as it was heading that direction... And something happened to me which kind of is rocking my world right now, and it totally pertains to this, and that was Camel Audio um, went out of business. Mm. All right, Camel Audio, uh, they make Alchemy, and they make a lot of sound packs for Alchemy. Camel Fat and all that, yeah. Yeah, and they, it was probably one of my favorite plugins of all time. It was a great plugin. It did some really cool stuff. You could do some amazing things. And they went out of business, and... And that, you know, these guys have to make some money. And you know what really changed my opinion is when I went on the on the uh, forums and I started reading what people were saying and how people were about about, about Camel Audio and saying about well, you know, if they didn't have their, uh, you know, if they lowered the price or if they did this or if they did that, and they were just there were some real jerks out there that were just totally trolling. And it seems to be there's this generation of we want great stuff. At little to no money, and and when it, when a great software man you know development place like Camel Audio can't make a living, and then people are complaining and in some ways making fun that they you know because they went out of business because they were charging and they weren't that expensive, man. They were not that expensive. Um, what they were charging for their product, it's like okay, you know but, what? But Some, does that mean to... that you think Avid is making no, 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 a, a good no, business no. decision? I think, I think what Avid's missing the point is I think that. The numbers are totally skewed. I think the fact that you can't get into, you still can't get into Pro Tools HD um, for less than twenty five hundred bucks if you're not already or nine and ten, because the pricing for upgrades for eight, for seven, for any of the old yeah. systems are thousands of dollars. I think that's ridiculous. Really, I think that's that's just wrong. It'd be different if you could buy in like HD. You buy in at like six hundred bucks, and then you have an update from there. And then you do a twenty nine nine a month for um, for regular, and and you keep the buy in low, and then you just get get a lot of people. I mean twenty nine ninety nine, it's enough to purchase a plugin, like let's say a, a sound effect or a, 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 sorry, a plugin to create sounds or process right. sound from a small developer. Camel uh, Audio wasn't a huge company, but the the first thing that came to my mind when I read the news was. Running a software company is not easy at no. all. It, I mean, you got. But you know what? It's, yeah. you know, it's a lot. Of, wait, it's a you lot got of finished work. doing some stuff for API, right? Well, when you had an SSL, guess what? You have to lay out another half a million dollars to get the nine thousand. And if you wanted the V series 
on the eve, you have to outlay more money. Right. So when you're looking at a giant upgrade or significant upgrade, I understand the small incremental upgrades. This isn't for free. They're hiring people to write this. No, I understand. There's a cost. And everybody, like you just said, everybody wants it cheaper. But if but you had no problems, if you want a bigger API, guess what? It's not a cheap upgrade. You got to buy another one. Yes, but I'll tell you this with API, they're bringing their prices down and they're. Big stuff, but it's still way becoming, more money than a, becoming more well, affordable. And it kind of holds its value. Yeah, right. if, if trying you to buy sell an your API, Pro Tool Seven, let me know how much you can get. Yeah. Yeah. So if you buy a 1608, you're still going to be using. Yeah, the I mean, I actually purchased my API rack every yes. year. You know, yeah. when I when I put together the little rack right that I was demoing, and I had, and you can go to the Facebook, you'll see the video that I, I put on, which was the box on top with the S3 and all that. Um, you look at that whole rack, and in 20 years. Guess what's still going to be around working yeah. fine. You, we don't know what's going to happen with the other stuff, and it's all going to—it's still going to sound great. I think the thing with software, look, I don't mind. I just got on the Adobe Cloud, right? I just got on there. They actually dropped the price of, pro, of their uh, Photoshop, and it, it was at a price point where it's like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot, and I was working on some video. I don't mind that production. I don't mind paying for that. I just think. You got to get a value, you know. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna right. charge somebody twenty nine ninety five, right? Then you better make that software really, really valuable. You better throw in a slew of stuff, and for goodness sakes, give me input monitoring oh on the yeah. software. That, I mean, don't, <laughs> that is so don't, stupid. Oh, you yeah. can have it if you buy the HD version. I mean, right. one of the yeah, things well, that people right. are so furious about That's the thing. is the fact that eleven. Uh, is is incredibly buggy. There are all sorts of bugs right. in eleven that are causing it's significantly worse than Pro Tools ten for a lot of different. Directions. I mean, we're still ten for that reason, right? And rather than fixing it, Avid is working on Pro Tools twelve. But see, they're, look, they're they're totally they're a company that, for lack of a better word, you know, they were in crisis, right? I mean, they got delisted, so they're doing everything to bump they're, up they're their revenue. They're relisted now, right? Right, yeah. but they were they were you know their stock was down to seven, now it's back up to fourteen. Okay, so they're making some of their shareholders. Somebody made a big score when they bought it at seven, and now that it's fourteen. But I'll tell you, they are in that corporate mode of we gotta get money, we gotta boost it. And that's what? why they're going to go with what are we? Where are we going to put our money in? Are we going to put our money in? To something that's going to get us more money, or are we going to put our money in that's not going to get us money? But well, the problem by satisfying our customer base, we actually bought cool. it. But bought I also think they got a problem with it. And but, especially but if the customer base is caught, they're doing the right job. Right. You know, and I'll is say the musician at their home. The problem I also think that because I see Avid's got a problem too, not only Pro Tools. Avid has hit market saturation. Yeah. It's yeah. not like they're going yes. to sell, and in some ways, Pro Tools. You know, one of the things they're doing, which I think is kind of smart, they're now investing in the next generation of users. Yeah. That's why they get it's free. Pro Tools first. Why? Because guess what? You everybody in this table has one. Right. You're not buying a new one. You don't need to buy a new one. So guess what? They're not selling. So you're not buying the hardware. Yeah, but you're not buying the the pieces. Wait. So now all of a sudden you want something more. But you want it for one ninety nine. Yeah. But guess what? It's it's not gonna pay for itself. Yeah. So they gotta come out with new controllers. They got to come out with stuff right. that they can actually make money with. But yeah. Pro Tools free, uh, you can only use it. You can only save if you have the cloud subscription, and you can save three projects up to three projects. Yeah. So it's 
No. You have to pay for storage then. Uh, past well, you that, can yeah. save it. Yeah. I, I I didn't read the whole details, but you uh, can't save a. You cannot save a. If I understand, if I understood correctly, if I understood correctly, I've been told that you can save up to three projects, and you need to have the yeah. cloud the, the, subscription. And the problem thing. I think with the cloud, even now in my business, um, when you look at what Marvel has created with the MPAA, basically standards of security. I mean, you see what happened at Sony and all that stuff. There is no way. Then I have to put any movie material on any cloud right. anywhere. Yeah, that it's is, not going to happen. Yeah, that's so Let true. So and I said that to them. I said, <laughs> cloud off-site, just, no one's going to accept it. Marvel won't accept it. None of the companies and the studios are going to accept it, especially after the hacking. So, yeah, it's got, I mean, there's discussions of being able to even access computers that <coughs> have Ethernet access right. or fireware access. Uh, the, the Marvel standard is all that is shut down. I, I'll tell you, when it comes to this whole cloud and the pri- the pricing and the subscription, first of all, I met a lot of the Avid guys because our booth was right across from the Avid booth. And, and all the all the guys that I met were really cool and they're really passionate on, on that level. And you look at a company that's full of people like that and then you see some of these decisions that are made that you know they're made, you know, a couple notches. They're public, of course. Yeah, they exactly. have I mean, to their do job that. is to make money. Exactly. <laughs> and and you're like, man, if they could somehow connect some of these younger guys, the guys that they had there, up with some of the people that were at the top. Yes. Be- but you know who they're they're selling. They, when a company goes public, suddenly their whole approach shifts. Right. Absolutely. Because it's not about pleasing the user. It's about pleasing the stockholders. Absolutely. Sure, absolutely. That's exactly why they did the 12, and that's why it's not full of anything creative, and that's why it's on the cloud. Well, now, now to be fair, they're not the only ones. No. Cakewalk Sonar just re- actually did exactly the same thing. They have a yearly, uh, a monthly and a yearly subscription, plus you can buy it for a much higher price. I mean, you can buy the software. But, you know, again, that's... Now, they're owned by Gibson, so... Right. I'll tell you this, look... Um, I, I like one of my things about audio in general is sometimes you have to adapt, and I just think this whole pay per month for your software we're not going to escape it. We've had it this long without having to go that route, but it's it's not going to escape. And you know what? Maybe in the long run, it's it's going to be bit, we're going to be better off because maybe we're know, not going to be losing. But it's, what Rob, it's what Rob said. But I think the market... Oh. Well, maybe it's not a bad idea. I think the market... Bucks a month. No, no, that's what I'm saying. It depends if they give you anything. I, I, I mean, I, I, other upgrades. I think the market is... It's like anything else. The market's going to determine it. And look, if they're going to price themselves out, guarantee you someone's going to come in there and it's going to fill the gap because that's just the way it works. You, you know, know, look at all those... Really quick. Sure. Look at all those... Um, you look at Photoshop, right? Photoshop was ridiculously expensive. And even when they first brought it out um, on a monthly basis, it was still expensive. And you see on your iPad, you see all those $5 photo editors and mm-hmm. all those $10 photo that does most of the photo editing that people need, you know? And and the same thing is going to happen. If, if, the, if it gets priced out of whack for most people, someone will fill that. Well, bill. there's Reaper. Right, exactly. You know, That's there's a great Audacity, which is yeah. free, you know, which is the equivalent to GIMP for Photoshop. If right. you don't if you just need to do basic stuff, you download GIMP and you can do it. And right? I'm just saying that's 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 what they're going up against. Uh, you know, and I think they're I think their pricing is a little skewed, but I don't think you know, I don't think it's gonna change. You think conceptually it's a good idea, you're saying 
Well, from their perspective, you know what? I, I, I think we would we would be describing it very differently if it was a major upgrade with right. all yeah, kinds of right. exciting yeah, new stuff. Right. If it had like all the amazing MIDI stuff everybody always says yeah. they want, and all the amazing organization and and all of that stuff. It would be a non-issue. We'd all be so excited. And wow, you can get it for only 30 bucks a month? I mean, that's not... Yeah, that's exactly. right. I mean, our whole company, we have a lot, like 200 systems. We're still on 10. Because <laughs> 11, there's nothing in to go, you could bounce faster. We're I'm like, still on 10 we don't too, use it that much. Yeah. Scott, that means that you have 200 licenses for SoundMiner as well, don't yeah. you? Because Absolutely. Of, because of the fact that Pro Tools doesn't have a reasonable way to be able to go and look up oh, sound effects. That's, that's it, right? Yeah, but yeah, but SoundMiner is a really good program. Agreed, it is. But the point is that if that feature, and I have you know ten installs of it myself. Yeah. But, but you, if you didn't have, if that feature was inside of a right. real post production, sound, sound miners have to do that. Sound miners should not exist. But you know, it shouldn't. It should yeah, have been. But built there's a lot. I mean, neither should Spanner. But it works really well. No, I know. But you, and, and, but people are filling the holes. You know, something I was going to say, this parallel that I've seen is similar. Uh, for all those people that believe in solar panels, I love the concept, but the scheme's all bullshit. And let me explain why. Because when you rent a solar panel, what do they do? They give you a financial thing where it goes up in price 2% every year. Hmm. And you're not... I said, oh... So when there's a better panel and more efficient, are you going to swap it out for newer panels since I'm leasing? No. You're not purchasing those things. You're renting it. So I said, no, wait a minute, because I did a whole analysis on this. If you buy it, you're fine, but then you, you, it's, a, it's a lot of money. Yeah. They want you they to finance lease it. it. They finance it when, when you do that. Right, but it's way. a 2% well, increase. increase. And, I said, and, and, their, and their answer to the 2% increase is what's cheaper than the electric company is going to raise you even more money. And I said, but electric companies at least updating the grid. You're just doing this financial scheme where you're going to hit me up for two percent more every single year. But All you, of can, a sudden- you can you, you can make money as as uh, um, as a homeowner with those on your roof when you supply electricity back to the grid. Yes, but the problem. Wait, 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 but the the problem is they don't say is that the panels start degrading. That they don't do hundred percent in ten years. They're not at hundred percent capacity, and you got to clean them. And all of a sudden, you save twelve hundred dollars. Right. So basically, you're paying. You start paying more and more, and you're getting it's less. A scheme, and less. It's a whole financial scheme, and Wait. I'm just going. I want the panels. Right. I don't want the financial scheme. Put the mm-hmm. panels up, and then let me find a way to update them every ten years. I just think. I think we're going to have to see what the market does. Because look, we can sit here and I can say it's the worst thing known to mankind, and it's purely evil. But the fact of the matter is, it's not going to change. It's here. We're going to have to live with it, and we're going to have to see... You know, and maybe if, they'll stay if, in business because Alchemy couldn't. Well, or maybe... Well, it's, I mean, it's a different it's, thing, though. No, no, but it's not. I mean, my whole career relies on Pro Tools. Um, if they go out of business, yeah, they yeah, don't... No, they're just saying size-wise, they're... But Nuendo doesn't even want to be post anymore. They were. They were doing a great post solution, and then they went off into some bizarre place, and they no longer really cater... To post production. Well, but if Avid, if Pro Tools goes out of business, first of all, everyone will have the version that they have, right? And somebody, whether it's Reaper or whether it's Steinberg, will say, "Look at this," or whether it's Sadie. I mean, whether it's somebody will say, "Look at this fantastic opportunity we have to come in and own post." But they can do that. That that is what will happen. But you know what? There used to be forty-two workstations, and now there's one. In post production, yep. and nobody has stepped up. No, Everybody stepped up. That's what was my point. You, you were, I don't think you're here at the last podcast. It was the exact same point. It's like, look, no matter how much we, you know, bitch and complain about Pro Tools, the fact of the matter is, 
no one has stepped up and no one has done it as well as they do it. And there's a lot of careers. I mean, Final you. Cut did it. I would say Adobe can come in, yeah. but Final Cut created Avid. There's nobody else on the audio side that has taken on Pro Tools. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. We're going to move on because I know we talk about this all night and I want to get to Bobby and what he's Bobby. doing. Bobby! Did you, want, did you want to say something on this, Bobby? No, I was just going to ask, actually, Scott, in, in relation to Nuendo, what do you find missing in it that Pro Tools offers for post side of things? You know, it used to be it used to be that Nuendo was pretty part serious. of it. Yeah, no, no. It used to be that Nuendo was really supporting people in the union. Uh, you were trained on it and everything else. When they came out, they were talking about post, and then they just stopped, and it, it just like shut off, and it's never discussed. So it's not actually the product itself, though. It's the ecosystem around it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's because you got to be able to support. I mean, one of the things that Avid uh, Pro Tools does is it creates a really great interchange with uh, uh, Avid or even Final Cut. I guess what I'm saying is Nuendo, you know, Nuendo's behind. Isn't Nuendo behind a Cubase now? Cubase is further no, no. along. No, no, there's that- Cubase Pro now, 8.5, which is outstanding. And, 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 but Nuendo 6.5 is the uh, latest and greatest. And it's a pretty, pretty... Serious program. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, sure. You know what? We're going to have to. We'll we'll dig into that. We'll have to uh, see about Greg, and we'll we'll dig into yeah, that actually, how it goes. Because I was thinking, I'm considering. Yeah. I'm starting considering new windows and alternatives. And well, you know, we'll see what other, was, we'll see. You know, we'll revisit this whole digital audio workstation. I, I don't mean to table the subject, but I'm going to table it because I want to move on. Because yeah. Bobby's all the way in Australia, <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and, my, but, and I'm standing in my head as we speak. That's right. But but all this to say is is it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. I don't think we can we can fight this. It may not be a, a bad thing if it can keep like. Rob was saying, if you can keep you know cam- the Camel Audios around, they have some really good, cool creative products. But we'll we'll have to see. I don't know, so we'll see. Meanwhile, I want to switch gears right now. Um, Bobby's going to be he's in Australia doing some work, and he he actually um, put together. And he's going to tell us uh, he put together a really great little rig that he went out there. And he's got um, the lights already. Yeah, that's he, the first step. That, that, that's <laughs> what I brought with this light. So I borrowed this. <laughs> yeah. <thing. laughs> but why don't you? Talk us through what you're doing out there, Bobby, and, and what you're working on. Okay. Um, well, basically, I'm, I'm living down here for three months because I uh, have been granted a permanent residence visa in Australia, which is fun. And I do want to eventually come and live here on a permanent basis, uh, maybe to retire or so. But in the next, over the next, you know, I'm talking most probably in the next eight years or so. But in, in the meantime, I want to work here and work in Los Angeles and, and back and forth. Uh, and also other places of the world. And I've been, obviously, I've got a studio and we all have, and we all get strapped to our big chunks, big consoles and big gear, and we don't seem to be able to move. So for this trip, I'm down here for three months, so I figured I've got to have something to work on. I'm not going to expect to you know, do massive projects, but I do need to carry all my sounds, all my sample source, and pre- pretty much be able to do everything I, I want to be able to do in a, in a software virtual world. So I bought a little uh, MacBook um, Pro, uh, Retina. It's a pretty, pretty powerful thing. And I've got the top of the line with solid state drives and whatever. And I bought a 12 terabyte hard drive system uh, from OWC through Thunderbolt, which is pretty cool. And I bought the Apollo card from yeah. UA. Uh, and that helped me a lot because um, it takes a lot of the processor speed, uh, you know, uh, work rather off of the CPU if I'm doing a lot of outboard processing using UA plugs, which I have their whole suite and I do use them. And it was seamless. It just I transferred my licenses over. I mean, you just log in and they're all of a sudden they're there and you've got all the stuff on your hardware. The Apollo piece of hardware is the only thing I've got with me yes, from an audio point of view. It's eight ins, eight outs. It's got optical. It's got all the good connections that I require if I have to integrate 
there's a great studio in Sydney uh, called 301. If I go down there, they've got a VR88R. If I went down there and cut something, I could take this down if I really wanted to as an audio interface and, and just bounce stuff around it, it if I needed to. So it had all the pro connections. So I thought it was a great little box. And then I bought a couple of little keyboard controllers. I got a very miniature, beautiful little Akai MPK. Um, I'll show it to you, but it doesn't help anybody on the podcast that can't see it. But it's called an MPK, MPK Mini. I'll show you guys real quickly. Oh, and it's such wow. a useful little box. Um, uh, and, that, uh, and then I bought a little Odyssey, um, an Oxygen 61, which is an M audio keyboard, um, 61 keys with a bunch of pads and, and controllers. And I, I needed that because I have to do, uh, uh, I did this project with AudioBro called LAD, and I may have to do tech support or do new patches down here. So I needed two keyboards to be able to do that. So they were both really cheap keyboards, very light, and that was it. And um, so with a little bit of hardware and a couple of keyboards, I've got a mic, as you can see, a set of headphones. Um, that's all I need. And interesting thing is I bought um, with me, I'm wearing them now, these Sennheiser 650s. And I'm doing all my work on headphones uh, except for checking balances on my Mac Book Pro speakers, which yeah. is kind of a new wait, wait. thing for me. I think Rob didn't hear you. You're doing yeah. your work on what? No, I heard him because I have these god-awful headphones. Let's get some smelling salts no, for Rob over here. Well, no, I no, hey, sorry. I've had to make stuff on headphones, too. It doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> no, no, of course. But, I mean, <laughs> interesting thing with the... Uh, um, I'm sure you have you guys have had to mix on headphones. And I am mixing on headphones, but I'm referencing on speakers, too. But you can do some pretty good work on them. Um, obviously, you don't have the, the, the fun of... Um, Thank you. I just love you, Bobby. I have no idea how... I, I don't know. I tried... It won't. It doesn't work for me. I think it's. It has to do with. I mean, I, I agree with you. You you can't do. You can't. You, you can't have them only because I do have speakers to listen right. to, and I can go and plug them into, into the stereo next door. But um, they're really good. I mean, you, I can do a lot of work here. I'm in a, a bedroom, as you can see. It's my friend's house. I can't make a noise late at night if I need right. to. So the headphones are perfect. And yeah. what I do do is, um, and I'm sure you guys have done some of the similar. Normally, when you listen to speakers, the, the right channel bleeds onto your left ear and the left speaker bleeds onto your right ear. Right. On my left and right bus output for monitoring to my cans, I roll off a bit of top end and put a little bit of left signal to the right channel, a little bit of right signal to the left channel. With, at 2K, I roll it off, so I get a bit of smear. So it, it compensates for what that, if I was... That is genius. Wow. That is, I like that. That is like, that's such a Bobby thing to do, right? <laughs> wow. I, I, like, I learn from this man every single time wow. he speaks. That is no, it's not, genius. It's not, uh, thank you. But there's actually a company that does it. Um, I think they're called CAD-Z, um, and they make a proper little plug-in that actually does exactly yeah, that. Yeah, isn't there a box that emulates the speakers? The, In, well, uh, I, I, yeah, it's called the Bobby. Yeah. That's a great tip. That's actually a good idea. It's a great tip. Make a plug-in for it. Yeah. <laughs> now, there is, there's, there is great plug-in the for but I haven't, I haven't used them. Anyway, so, so that's my two cents on it. Um, but it's fun. I mean, it's really nice. I do like the liberation of being on a very small system. It's so silly. They go in a couple of flight cases, um, you know, all in four flight cases, and, and off I go, you know, so it's pretty cool. Do you I find it that. like when you're on a small portable rig like that, almost liberating when you don't have options? It's like you can only use this, and this is the only thing you can use. Well, yeah, I, I, you're right. It certainly takes the, 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 the procrastination factor <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Do that. But I, I tell you something, with this little Mac and, the, and uh, the audio interface taking a bit of the work off of it and these basic keyboards, I've really got most of, my, from a virtual point of view, I've got more or less everything I need. The only difference is in my studio at home, of course, I've got um, you know, 24 other inputs instead of just eight. And that's the only, there's the only really difference. Of course, my computer back there is more powerful for spewing out 
virtual tracks and MIDI, and I have obviously much more stuff, but that's all I need really for, yeah. for, for most things. The biggest problem I think I've found is that the internet connection here. I'm on cable, and of course, it's, I've got a down of about 35 and up of about one, but it does vary quite a bit, so it's a bit of a pain. So you're saying you're not working in the cloud then? <laughs> it's, well, it's, when you was talking about that, I was thinking that's such a pain in the ass because yeah. sometimes your internet goes down right. and you need to do an edit and all of a sudden it says, no, you're not connected. But, but it's because of that house or in general down and no, I think it's. I think it's. It's just because of this uh, Wi-Fi network. I actually oh. bought my own. I bought my own little um, airport with me, and, and and got somebody to make me a Cat Five cable and put my own stuff in. So, but I, I tell you, I tell you what, you know, when it comes to working in the cloud, you know, one of the great things about Dropbox, what, because that, that's what I use when I collaborate. I'll set up a folder for whoever I'm working with, and I'm doing some stuff with some editors right now. I'll have them work on the. You know, on that actual session in, the, in their Dropbox. But the great thing is, is it, it uploads in the background. So when you have a good connection, it's uploading. And when you lose connections, you're not losing any data. It's just going to wait until you're in a place where it can upload and you sync your Dropbox. So you gotta, absolutely. You, you know, the only scary thing about Dropbox, which I've ran into, because I got Dropbox in all my computers, right. especially my small little laptop, my yeah. little Air, it puts everything down. So someone says, oh, I'm going to put up all this video content that you could look at. And you say, great, thanks. And then I realized my whole hard drive maxed out. You know you can go into the preferences yeah, yeah, and see, tell exactly. it to not yeah, That's that. exactly what I've done. But you know, when you set it up, you don't think about it. Yeah. Until it goes, hard drive is filled up. And yeah, like, no, I set up really strict things. And I also, yeah. I, I also set up a really strict workflow for the guys that work with me. That yeah. way, it, I don't get that. Cause I don't want to get bombarded by... You know, reference video that I already have. You know, several copies of, and they're yeah. they're loading back up. I mean, I I'm in sort of the same boat as Bobby in that I've been traveling like a crazy person, and I have the nice studio back here, but I'm carrying a rig sort of similar. I carry a uh, the Native Instruments uh, machine, which I love as a virtual instrument host, and I'm carrying Pro Tools and Cubase and Nuendo and uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, I'll say I've actually been doing a lot of editing on airplanes. And I do have Pro Tools 11 on the laptop. All the rest of my machines have 10. But I figure if I'm editing up there, that is truly in the cloud. Right? <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Hey. Thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> and then I'll be leaving for Austin again. <laughs> but it's amazing when you're forced to travel and you have to actually figure out what's important yeah. to get your work done. Because no one I'm working with cares what equipment I use. They could not care less. So when it's up to you to figure out what you can travel with, it's amazing you know, we love having zillions of toys and gear piled up to the ceiling, but it's amazing what you actually need to do what it is you need to do. And it's not nearly as much as you think. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to, um, we're going to have to start wrapping this up, but oh, did you need to? Do you want to say something else, Bobby? Yeah, I just wanted to mention one thing because you, you guys were talking about Avid and, and, and Scott touched on New Endo not offering a lot of features and whatever. One thing that Steinberg offers, which you guys should check out, I won't go into it now, it's called VST Connect Pro. Mm. And I'm actually going to do a session with, with a guy in Los Angeles. He's going to play keyboards for me yep. on, a, on a project I'm doing. Essentially, it's like eight tracks of high quality Skype. I mean, mm. it's got video, yes. it's got MIDI, and it's got eight tracks of audio. It goes to a common server in, in Germany somewhere. But I essentially can be the boss or he can be the boss. And I can, I've got the Steinberg controller right here, the one, C121, which is a basic little MIDI controller. Yep. But I could control his, uh, his uh, rig in, in wherever he is. I can press play and rewind and fast forward, talk to him and say, do me a favor, check this out, da, 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 play this, play that. Play him apart back and say, these are the sort of chords, but you make him feel better, or, you know, whatever. 
in real time, and that's pretty pretty amazing. That's, so that's incredible. They've that's had that for quite a while yeah. too. It's not new. They have. Yeah. Yeah. They've actually, to be honest, it's been a bit flaky for quite a while, but it's it's quite solid now. You should check it out. VST Connect Pro. It's called. V- I wicked. mean, Nuendo and Steinberg. Honestly, their issues in post are much more to do with marketing it horribly than the feature set itself. Absolutely, because it's very powerful. Yep, absolutely. I took a look yep. at. Uh, I, w- I have a new composer coming in who's a Cubase guy instead of a Logic guy. So I went and took a look at the Steinberg stuff today. So compared to the Avid prices, Cubase 8 is $599, $550 for the pro version, for the best yeah. version there is. And then there's a $199 version and a $99 version. And Go ahead. That's all I was going to say. Is like That's a pricing model that makes sense. And they all have and input Cubase 8 is monitoring. Wicked. Yeah. Well, that, really good. And they all have input they monitoring. Have input well, monitoring. I, I was going to say, though, that you know, you combine one of those workstations with UAD, and all of a sudden you've got an amazing device. Yeah. Well, you know what? We're going to have to see how this all um, shakes out because it's going to be interesting where all the software goes. Bobby, thank you for telling us about your rig. I think that's great. Miss you. Thank you for having Miss me. Miss you. Miss you too. You know, but looking forward to we'll when see you see Eleven weeks time. <laughs> <laughs> but you want to hear something? I want to wrap up this thing on the software. You know, we we are all right now. Basically, what's the difference between paying twenty bucks a month or paying three hundred bucks a year or two ninety nine a year or one ninety nine a year? I mean, there's some you know liquid waves in the up, update plan and some of the other software. So we're. We're kind of already doing it, so we're just going to have to see. What you we are Kimasabi. I don't waves. have any Waves plugins for that very reason. Well, that's true, too. I, I will say this, though. When you do pay like that, at least with Waves, when you pay to a certain point, at the end of that paying, you own that license to use yeah. it. Yeah, that's and true. And the whole thing about it'll disappear from your that's hard drive. Yeah, but I mean, people are used to that with Adobe, but yeah. it's going to take a while. You have to really give people value to have them want to stay on that. I'm train. with you. It's like we're going to see where the value is, and you know, talk about playing all your cards. So, we'll and see. the market will decide because of all of a sudden, Absolutely. everyone says, "Well, what a great idea! I'm going to go into Window. I'm going to go to Logic." And the numbers won't lie. You know? Avid is doing everything they can to give Nuendo a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. No, I, I don't disagree. Rob pointed on one thing. Bless Nuendo. The name of it sucks. The yeah. marketing is disgusting. But the product is so far ahead of, of yeah. most doors out there. It's How scary. much is Nuendo anyway? I know the window when it was heavy in post, was far superior. And everyone was really loving it and digging it. And it became, it was starting to become an integral part of post. Yeah. And then it just disappeared. Do you well, know how much it is? No way. It's two grand. Two grand. Yeah. Oh. Um, all right. Well, we're gonna we'll wrap this up. We'll just see how it goes. We're not going to be able to get into the uh, the stuff I wanted to talk to you about, Bobby, um, with the lawsuit and the whole thing. But let's yeah. well, let's do that next time. Okay. Um, because actually, one thing I want to talk about, and I'm going to tease the, the next podcast, is I want to talk about the whole concept of copying people and copying not only with sounds but with songs and like chord progressions and what makes it, you know, a ripoff here. And I mean, <laughs> look, people are, you know, works kind of derived from other works, chord progressions kind of line up. So there's a, there's a big conversation coming in that because, you know, I, there's a couple things that I struggle with. And, and, and I'm sure if I was on, you know, Tom Petty's side, you know, if I had wrote that and then I hear a song that's really similar to that, you know, I'm like, I can see why he's, you know, the lawsuit. But on the other hand, if I'm coming up with a song and I just so happens to be able to come up with the same chord progression, I, I don't know. It's just. Uh, well, you have. Uh, uh, no, you have Led Zeppelin in spirit with uh, Stairway to Heaven. Yeah, it, so. exactly. So it's like, 
you know, I could see Sam Smith's side of the. F- I, I, I just we're gonna have to talk about that, mm. and, and yeah. I want to know what defines that. All right. Well, hey, listen. Um, really quick, anybody t- working on anything that they can uh, talk about? Um, I'll just say the misses are continuing to expand their horizons and get a lot more national attention, and you'll be hearing a lot from them this year. That's great. That's that's really good. Diego, I'm building a lot of stuff. Oh yeah, <laughs> you're a mad scientist, ex- brother. Yeah, I, I like the you know hands-on part. I, I'm still waiting to come visit you too. I, so yes, you, we'll arrange. We got to work that out. All right, all right. Nick, how about you? A ton of stuff. I got a MacBook Air, and I'm sort of joining everybody else in terms of really trying to have an extremely skinny and extremely lightweight system that I can carry around with me, right. uh, which is great. Um, just purchased all of the cine samples, orchestral stuff, and I'm working through you know, figuring out how to be able to do more convincing orchestral work that way. Um, the biggest thing that happened to me, though, um, is a, a huge blessing coming into this year, and it's something that doesn't sound like a blessing, but you'll hear why it is in a minute. On New Year's Eve, I was holding a whole handful of sparklers in my hand Uh as I was lighting them for little children one after another. And a kid took a lit sparkler and ignited them, and they went off like a hand grenade in my hand. No! And so I spent New Year's Eve in the burn center by ambulance with them operating on my right hand. And I didn't know whether I was ever going to play music again or not. Oh, man! And so I'll show you guys later. It's all brand new skin on there. So the blessing is that I've still got complete use of my right hand, everything has healed, and I'll continue to oh, get fantastic. to be a musician. Oh, so oh, man. It was a hell of a way to start the year, is all I Holy can say. Holy smokes, oh, wow. Oh, oh man. Um, I'm glad. Good end of the story. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Scott, I know you, you're working on, you've worked on stuff, and you know what, we're going to get into that probably on the next podcast, cause, but give a little tease on what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, you know, um, I, uh, last year was an interesting year. Um, uh, 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 Oh, I'll just go say that a book of life. We've got a nomination for a Golden Reel Award. Nice. Um, yeah, and then uh, Nightcrawler's gotten a lot of attention through Golden Globes and BAFTAs, and that was the other movie I worked on for right. writing. And and Jay Cat didn't get the nomination for the Oscar, but I know he was on the short list. Right. And then I did this really interesting little project called the Marvel Experience, and it's a mobile theme park. It's uh, one of the domes is five stories tall. They're all inflatable. Wow. And it's about 200 yards. It's like pretty much like four or five Cirque du Soleil's. Right. All put together into this one giant circus kind of thing. And, and it's mobile theaters. And there's 360 theaters, 270 theaters, moving seats, wow. the whole bit. And it, it started in Phoenix. Then it went to Dallas. Uh, it opens up in about a week in San Diego. Awesome. And then, uh, and then in March in San Francisco. And it's going to tour the country. And uh, what a fascinating experience because it's never been done, and uh, it, it, you know, and it was just it was just a ton of fun, and I'll talk about it next week. Yeah, we should. We'll talk about it the next podcast, but it's it's opening in San Diego, right? Because yes. I'm going to see if I can take my son down there. Oh, and, absolutely! Uh, Your son will lose his mind. I'm, I'll lose my mind. <laughs> <laughs> my son's just an excuse. And, <laughs> and, and, and I'll just say one cool it's thing like about Legos. it is <laughs> instead of it being all different stories. From the moment you step foot into the into the complex, yeah. it's the same story told and continued in different types of medium. That's awesome. That's awesome. Bobby, how about you? Um, you know, plenty of stuff as always. Uh, 101 Mixing Tricks. Nice. That program is really doing well. And uh, uh, still doing books, podcasts, uh, blogs, and uh, lots of mixing. I finished up a, a 
another album recently and about to start pre-production on another nice. album I'm going hey, to do. So, yeah. And you know what? Now you can call it 102 because we just got one from Bobby. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just stole one from you, Bobby. <laughs> awesome. He wants them to sell, though. It's going to stop it. Don't say anything. You want to sell a product, not, not have them return it. <laughs> <laughs> and Mike? What are you up to? You know what I'm up to? Nothing. I'm up to zip on the outside. Just my day gig during the day. I've I'm taking the month off because I just leading up to Nam. I I shot a video. I shot the video. I did the put together the rack. I was just a man. Let me just tell you. uh, Here's a horror story, right? And uh, hopefully the guys from API won't be listening to this right (laughs) for a second. (laughs) So I'm uh, I'm putting together the the video and I'm working with. with a, a friend of mine and we shot on green screen and I have to get some keys back which is basically you know a key on green screen is where they punch out the hole and so I can have my back plate go underneath it right literally he was we pushing it up to the to the very the night before I got to show it for the API guys and they haven't seen anything they just know that we're you know I'm about a week late from all the approvals and everything so they're trusting me and I get the key on the day before and I have the video already edited and all you have to do is just get the shots and replace them on the day before Wednesday the day before I get my my shots back and the keys are wrong oh. Oh. they are wrong it's not it's not showing the there's green buttons on the on the console and he was supposed to keep those green but the other ones the way he was going to do it was so the basically the key out the green part that was supposed to but allow me to keep it in i was in panic mode i was in full on panic mode cuz i have this already thing it's already edited so i had to go the night before and swap shots with things that were not quite I had to with I could have a little bit of green screen and do a little mask, but basically I had to re-edit my whole thing the night before, and I was like I was sweating bullets. I had another friend of mine help me out who um, did some graphics to replace some of the stuff that I knew was wrong, and it was panic. I went to bed at about four o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Had to get up at six, so the first day in there I was just. Oh my God. But you know what? I played it for the the API guys, and they were like, they, "Hey, love it, and it's no big deal." So it's like. Holy smokes, man! Mm-hmm. Mike, where can we see it on the internet? Oh, it's going to be on the internet. It's not up yet because I'm gonna I got to fix a few things and and edit it a shorter version of it than what we had at the trade show. But um, but yeah. So after that heart attack and all that work, I'm not right. doing anything. I'm just not going to do a dang thing. As a matter, I got a phone call this morning from uh, somebody working on on some bonus material for a, a film and. I give it to a friend. I go, here you go. I'm not going to take it. <laughs> you know, but um, it's all great. Hey, listen, if you have any comments or questions, you can reach us at audio at nowcastnetwork.com. That's audio at nowcastnetwork.com. I want to thank everybody that came up and uh, said hey, and especially, oh, I think his name was Dan, the guy who said that, uh, tell Rob that I'm right. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did hear that. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty awesome. I thought it was pretty cool meeting <laughs> listeners, though. That was wasn't cool. that cool. Yeah. It was just like you know the little podcast I could. You know, it was really great. And you guys are awesome. You're doing some great stuff. Um, Are there any chicks? That's what I want to know. So we no longer have seven listeners. We probably up to like a. Well, no, we had Joanne, right? Oh yes, yeah. Joanne. See? 
She was awesome. There, there you, you go. go. <laughs> I like it already. But no, it's really great. It's really she great wouldn't like me. you, though, I'm sure. I'm go. sure not. <laughs> but I, and I too good. Made, exactly. some, made some really good connections for the podcast. We're going to be doing, it looks like we're going to be doing another live podcast. So that'll be kind of fun. Um, so uh, I'll keep you posted about that because we're coming up to our nine-year anniversary, <laughs> which is really cool. So are we, we going to do like four video podcasts a year? Hey, I'm, you know what? That I'm, would be great. I'm so jazzed about the traction that we're getting. We're past 500 likes. Yeah, and do like four, four YouTubes a year. Let's do it. We'll, let's figure it out as long as I don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the point here. That's the fun part of the video. It's I'm like, to edit it. Yeah. Man, I, I mean, I'm already on, on empty right now, so like, we'll figure it out. You know what? Worst comes to worst, we put a little camera up there and, and we roll. So we'll figure it out. But hey, once again, I want to thank everybody that said hey and just all your comments, um, your kind comments on the uh, on the Facebook and the emails. Um, you guys are awesome. So uh, for myself and all the guys, thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time. See you later. Woo! Bye! See Listening to the Audio Nowcast, sponsored by API and West Wave Audio. The Audio Nowcast is hosted by Mike Rodriguez and uses Aphex's 230 Master Channel Voice Processor. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.